I ran 5K in just over 20 minutes, and then I immediately ran another 5K, and the, <laughs> the second 5K took me probably 33 minutes to do. Are we recording? Oh, yeah! <laughs> it's like <laughs> a year from now. <laughs> Macho. Oh, man, that's fancy. I like that my kids know that I'm healthy and strong and fit, and that their mom is healthy and strong and fit. Okay, I can still get better without having to do a max effort every single day. Smashing yourself on the roller for uh, an hour, right? you're good by the next day, as long as you had a sandwich and a nap. Alright, so first of all, why are we talking about a marathon today? Anyway, what sparked the interest to bring it up as a topic? Um, uh, I, I, think, I think I just, if I remember now, because it's been probably six weeks since I actually ran it. This is the middle of July. I had a lot of clients ask me about it. Yeah. They just asked me how it went. Um, I guess some of them were kind of surprised I did it. And they were interested in the training I did for it. And they and they had some other questions around it. Um, and I just like talking about it because it was a new kind of endeavor for me. So I just like talking about it. Mm. And I was super excited to do it. I was super happy I did it. Um, yeah, so I think that's what makes, makes for a good topic. Just easy conversation around that. Okay. So the history of a marathon, uh, the event was instituted as a commemoration of a fabled runner, the Greek soldier, Phidippides, a messenger from the battle of marathon to Athens who reported the victory. The marathon was one of the original, modern olympic events in 1896 and though the distance did not become standardized until 1921 there's more than 800 marathons that are held throughout the year uh what sparked your interest to do one um well i'd say throughout most of my uh most of my time competing in crossfit or fitness um, which was basically from 2008 until I would say I finished actually trying to compete in fitness I think in 2016 was probably my last year I was I I had done I had done like the open as well as I could I think and then oh yeah and and then I did another I did a local event um, in northern Alberta in the end of uh, is it good? that's what I'm asking about yeah I'll just give you a thumbs up I did a local event uh, in northern Alberta at the, at the end of 2016 and then uh, since then I don't I haven't done any real fitness competitions I've done the open in 2017 and 2018 but I knew I was just participating even in 2016 I knew I was just participating I wasn't I wasn't competing in it so basically for 2017 and 2018 uh, I didn't really do any form of competition and that was partially for a couple reasons. There was some like um, there's just some like life stress with a uh, with the loss of my mom, and then uh, we had our first child, my wife and I, uh, in late 2017. So then that made for a busy 2018. <laughs> but so basically for those two years, I didn't really do any competition, and I I really love competition, and I love trying to train for something like that and focusing on a goal like that because it it makes me be my best. Uh, in those like when I'm tr- when I'm being active I'm, I'm not just doing it for this sh- the sheer uh, enjoyment of doing it which there's nothing wrong with that and I'm probably just get to that point in my life eventually where 
I'm doing it because I want to do it and because I can. And then, um, my, my, I guess my, the way I look at activity will evolve as I age. But right now I still feel like I really enjoy competing in things. So, um, and through, again, throughout my CrossFit career or the fitness career, whatever, uh, I was always really good at running and I, I did a lot of running in my, uh, in the past, uh, prior to CrossFit. But then I, I definitely, uh, I definitely felt like I was quite good at running events in the sport. And, uh, so it felt like a natural option for me to explore. And really it just started with, uh, doing, um, it's just, yeah, it just started with me, me just going, you know, I'd like to just be able to run for an hour and be okay with that. I'd like to be able to just run for an hour and not, and not get hurt or just be able to do it. Because at the time when I first like even thought about running a lot, which was, um, which was actually like the spring of 2018, I, uh, I couldn't do that. Like running for, running for 30 minutes easy was a, was a mental challenge. I was like, well, I got to run for 30 minutes because most often you'd never run that long. And for most people that are, that don't compete at the high level, running 30 minutes is still weird. You're like, that's, that's a long time. <laughs> um, and as, as I just went longer and longer, um, basically I got to a point where I was running for like 90 minutes or so. And then I, uh, I was like, that wasn't that bad. And I was, I wasn't running real fast, but I was kind of going, you know, that was okay. I've, I've seen myself progress and I've adapted, uh, to the running volume over the course of these months. And this is again in early 2017 or 2018, sorry. And I just see some progress and then I start challenging myself and I go, okay, well, what if I just tried to run a half marathon, run a half marathon distance just on my own in training. And so I did. Um, and it was just down just south of the gym here down by the bow uh, by the bow river it's a beautiful route and i ran it and it almost killed me um i because i tried really hard but it almost killed me and it was just under an hour 45 and it was awesome because it was so hard Uh, i just remember like the last even the last four four kilometers like the last 20 minutes of that just being like tunnel vision because i knew the time i wanted to get and I was working so hard to hang on to the pace. And because I was such a dummy, I didn't take anything with me whatsoever in terms of liquid or anything in terms of carbs or fuels or whatever. So you was really smart. <laughs> I just, I did a, well, yeah, I, I did my first keto marathon, half marathon. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was, and then, and then I was got to thinking going, all right, well, why don't I try to run a longer distance than 21? Like, let's try something a little longer. So I mapped out a route a little bit. Uh, it was probably like early, late June of 2018. And I ran that and it was like 28 kilometers. And then I started thinking, I was like, why don't I just run a marathon and run an actual marathon? Uh, and then I was planning to run uh, the August marathon in Edmonton in August uh, 2018. But then... Uh, leading up to that, I ended up hurting my foot in training because uh, I was I was just not smart. I just I didn't have the experience, and I wasn't asking people for help, which I should have. That that had run this, this, these distances before, uh, I just basically ran up too fast, too often. I think the proper footwear was the most important uh, variable there. So um, 
yeah, and this kind of flared up during, actually really started flaring up during the, uh, during the 2018 CrossFit Games while I was down in Madison um, observing and coaching some athletes. And, uh, and I believe the Edmonton Marathon was supposed to be the middle of August, so like two weeks after the CrossFit Games. And going into, uh, when I was going to Madison, I had planned out all these runs I was going to do and I mapped them out. And I did the one I wanted to do on the first day I got there and my foot was killing immediately and it never got any better and it kept hurting for a long time and unfortunately I had to walk around a lot uh, in Madison because <laughs> just going back and forth between buildings and whatnot so I quickly uh, when I got home I, I I got treatment on it and I it slowly went away but uh, it was too late like I hadn't I hadn't run enough um, and I'm, I'm happy I decided to not go because <laughs> it wouldn't have been a complete disaster. Um, yeah, th- like knowing after after having done the marathon here in Calgary uh, in May of 2019, knowing what that took, uh, if I had tried to do it in August of 2018 with that layout, it would have been an absolute gong show because uh, it was just very unstructured. It was a very poor planning on my part, and I ended up, I ended up getting uh, having an injury, and it's just it's exactly what I needed to have happen. It was good. Yeah, it's like a, it's it's a it's just a common like it's like a gift of injury, right? It's like the Stu McGill book. Yeah, which is so true. Can you go? All right, that didn't work. That was not good. I had some success because I did run that half marathon, and I did run a good pace for me. But I'm like, this is not. Not the, this is not what I wanted. I wanted to be able to run this race in Edmonton. I wanted to be able to do that. So then, basically after that, I kind of just I kind of ran sporadically. I didn't really have any goals in mind. Um, and then I'd been thinking about running the Calgary Marathon. Basically, as soon as I realized I couldn't run the Edmonton one in August, so the, the Calgary Marathon uh, was in May, the end of May of 2019, and. I, I keep I, I kept batting it around in my head and then finally I think it was in like maybe February of this year I, I registered for it I just said you know what I'm, I'm just gonna register for it because that's that's gonna get me to commit to do it so just to clear here yeah. you were saying that you registered just to do it but originally just to backtrack um, you said you had gotten into running or thinking about running because you liked competing and you felt like it forced you to be your best so just thinking about that you were signing up to just a complete one but yes is my, your... my, my first goal was to complete the marathon because i didn't know how it was going to go okay and yeah. then how far do you see yourself going with this do you see yourself trying to take it to competitive level at some point when i registered yeah or i mean current day now just like current day future like yeah going forward yeah with the I'd next like, ones yeah i'll run i'll run more marathons yeah and i'll run more half marathons okay yeah because i i right now i really enjoy it okay it's a lot of fun uh and it's a good mix with my other training i train like we, we can get into that later but i just it's a good mix okay um yeah so anyway when i registered for the marathon and you know, i remember clicking the button and going it's just funny, like what it does to your brain, right? You're like, I'm gonna do it. I'm, yeah, I'll do it. But you click the button, you're registered, you receive the registration email, and immediately my brain just goes in the planning mode. Yeah. Because I'm like, it's it happening. Real. It be- yeah, it comes happening. You look at the, you look at the, <laughs> look at the, you look at the calendar. Calendar, right? And you're like, <laughs> this is four months away. This yeah. is happening. 
In gotta four get that months, bornsy this is, countdown this going. Is, this is happening. <laughs> uh, and just like again, like so, after August of 2018, after that marathon didn't work, I didn't run very much at all in September or October or November. I think I ran once in early November, and then I didn't run at all after that in November. I didn't run at all in December of 2018 or January 2019 or February of 2019. And I ran once at the end of March of 2019 because there was just so much snow and I do not like running on treadmills. So I wasn't that committed to the goal yet Yeah, that I wasn't willing to run on treadmills. So uh, like I posted about it a few days ago, my la- my first three runs of 2019 occurred at the one in the end of March, which was four kilometers. Uh, and then two in early April and they were five kilometers and six kilometers and I kept on going in that manner seven eight and nine or seven eight and ten um just and it was just slow right it was just slow and this is still before I even really I really decided to fig like really figure out how to do this um I was just being lazy honestly I was just being lazy okay. with how I was doing it and then um, so if you were to go back, would you change that? Or? Oh, yeah. I'd change it. Yeah. yeah. So originally you just were in that scenario just trying to build the comfort of running yeah. again and time? Yeah. I was say? just trying to slowly prog- – because I, I, knew, I knew that, okay, so I only have three months here from the first time I'm running. And this, again, at, this is at the end of March. Yeah. So I have, I have April oh, – sorry, this, sorry, at the, begin, at the end of February. I got to back up. So I had March, April – and May to run because the race was at the end of May. <laughs> so I, I got that Plenty wrong. Of time. I, I, my first this. one was actually at the, uh, you know, my first one was at the end of, uh, end of February, early March. Okay. Uh, but I, I, so I, I, I was planning it backwards in reverse going, okay, I got three months. So, and I had these little small goals, like just generic ones going, okay, um, I'd like to be able to run, be, be capable of running a half marathon distance at the end of the first month not running fast just just actually be capable of completing the distance safely safely and then i said okay well my goal would be then to be able to complete probably 30 to 32 at the end of april and that should give me the opportunity to be able to complete a marathon distance at the end of may okay which is 42.2 um and that that was pretty close to what ended up happening with my runs um but like the mo- the most important thing i figured out which i started getting into was like i just started tr- i treat i started treating myself like i was a client yeah and i'm like i just have to treat myself like i'm a client of mine and that's how i do my best training is when i i treat it really seriously and i take myself i, I make my training important so first thing I did was uh, I get a heart rate monitor I have a I have a really good uh, I have a really good Garmin watch so um, and I know and I I know what my max heart rate is running from last year so I use that for the for the for the current metric and then I started guiding uh, my long my long runs around that heart rate of uh, which is which for mo- if you don't know is just um, the most common heart rate that people will tell you to run at for long duration will be somewhere around 70 to 75 percent of your max heart rate and uh, a good person to look up his name Steven Seiler he has really good podcasts and a really simple three zone model uh, for endurance athletes uh, to work with and the end of the first zone is like 
before it goes into zone two would be considered uh, the end of your aerobic your uh, your aerobic zone or whatever you can call it your first lactate turn point your lactate threshold the first one um, not the commonly referred to lactate threshold which is the end of the second zone in his three zone model so the end of the first zone usually corresponds with 70 75 percent max heart rate so for me that meant i had to try to average most of my runs at below 138 heart rate or below right so that's what i did um and i started doing that probably in the middle of march after like a few like three or four or five like easy runs okay just, so just uh, in the middle up. of march you've only done three or four or five runs at this yeah. point well like in march in march i only ran nine times okay still i only ran nine times in march for a total of 77 kilometers all right which works out to about 20 kilometers per week so i was i, I and that's and i was trying and I, I did it like that because i was trying to be smart okay because I, I i didn't want to get too ambitious because i knew that i had the potential to get hurt and I only I did I felt like I didn't have any opportunity to get hurt because I only had three months. Okay. Um, and then you get this equipment when? Before any of this happens. Okay. I had the heart rate monitor and the and the watch before so were I you, started running. So these nine times that you ran in March, you this is when you started using the heart rate monitor and all that. Yeah, I started I started really caring about it. Okay. Um, in like probably three or four runs in, and I was like, this is this is I got to do this better. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so I start doing these runs, um, and immediately when you start, like, uh, if you listen to this guy, his name's Steven Seiler, he's just, there, and there's lots of great guys you can listen to about this stuff, but either way, um, they're very adamant in talking about how uh, the runs at these heart rates are the most important runs you're going to do, and, they, and they're not joking. Um, they're very serious about this, and there's a lot of science around training specific single modality athletes, that being like running, rowing, skiing, that type of stuff in this manner uh, it's a very effective way to do it and one of the main things they would talk about is that when you do these runs you sh- they shouldn't be anxious like you shouldn't be looking to do the run and being anxious about stuff um, there shouldn't be any worry uh, because it's supposed to be easy and there's nothing wrong with it being easy and coming from a background of crossfit that's that's something that's just odd yeah to be okay with that like, even though i would talk to other people about it and i always tell them to do it it's still different when you're in the driver's seat but it's a very effective method because um, it allows you to accumulate running work, running volume, quality running uh, in a completely stress-free environment. And it allows you to do what the actual mission is, is to keep the goal the goal and try to work towards these running volume metrics I had to achieve prior to the race at the end of May. So the way I organized it was pretty much what he wanted, which is basically, I, I, I did it sort of like that. It was like one, one out of every four runs was really hard. That was okay. it. So basically three runs were simple and one was hard and hurt. Would you follow it in that order? Like three easy, one hard or? Yeah. Three easy, one hard, four easy, one hard. Okay. But it usually worked out to one and four. And how would you decide what day the hard run would be? Uh, I basically did a hard run probably every week and a half. That's what it worked out to. Okay. It's not optimal. Like, my training volume in general was low the whole time. Yeah. Um, but I, it worked out to me running a hard run, like, every every week and a half or so. Okay. And did you do that off feel, or you just planned it out those I days? I planned it out. Okay. Yeah. But every, t- every, pre- every time I do a hard run, I swear I wasn't going to do another one. <laughs> Seriously, I yeah. was like, there's no way I'm doing another one. And then I'd do an easy run a day later, 
and it would feel okay and then I do another easy run in a different area and it would be like this is okay and then I do another one and I'm like I'm looking forward to doing a hard one again yeah I'm looking forward to doing this like I want to do it I want to prove that I that I'm better okay and going through all of these runs with each run the volume would increase or week to week would you increase the volume yeah so in march i had a very linear increase in volume of running volume per session so the first session like i said was four kilometers and the the longest session in march was 14 kilometers okay and it went pretty much uh just a one kilometer increase and then slowly two kilometer increase and i think there was one in there that didn't fit the bill like with that that simple linear increase but it was very much like that okay uh, and there was no, there was no like tests in there or nothing like that. There was just, um, like, I'm sorry, what I meant by there's no test. Like I wasn't like trying to PR a 5k. I wasn't trying to PR a 10k. Yeah. Um, I was just like my hard runs would be usually of the frame where, um, I would run probably st- if I was going to run 10 kilometers on that day, I would run five kilometers at a really hard pace and finish five at uh, at my at my my what you would call your zone one pace and again the zone one corresponds with that zone one in this inside there's three zone model okay so 70 75 percent heart rate okay um yeah so again in march nine total runs which is nothing <laughs> 77 total kilometers which again is nothing but i was happy because i got to the point where i was like i can run a half marathon distance right now and this is the end of march and i could do it safely and that's what i wanted and then uh, in April, I ran a little more. I ran twice as much as March, and I ran 11 total times. And then just to keep that frame going, in Mar- in May, I ran one additional time, ran 12 times in May for a total of 205 kilometers, and that includes the marathon. So it was 70 kilometers in April, basically 148, uh, so 77 in April, 148 in, no, sorry, 77 in March, 148 in April, um, and 205 in may okay so just a 70 end up being a 70 kilometer increase per month and with the hard runs uh the volume was increasing on those as well or would you yeah just so follow up? yeah so we'll just go through the three basic runs i did so this is we were talking earlier about how simplistic my running was yeah uh this is simple there was three types of sessions i did i did zone one sessions which again are the ones that you're going to run at 70 75 heart rate and those are the majority of your training. The large majority. Um, and then the way those sessions work, they work their, like, um, because I didn't have a lot of time, I used those as ways initially uh, to basically acu- to run the distance, to run, like, so uh, I, I worked my way up to where I ran a half marathon distance at my zone one pace, okay. so, which took me two hours, right? And the reason I did that is because I wanted to run the half marathon fast like a week later and I had built up to the point where I thought I could do that and it was like early April so I did so I built up my my easy running paces my zone one runs um, and then I did my uh, my goal pace runs so that's the second type of run I did and where I said I ran the half marathon distance at a real hard effort in April so that's the second type of session I did I basically ran increasing distances at my goal marathon pace okay and I and I increased those durations each like each 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 time I did them I basically only did five of those runs in the all three months and each one was was longer than the other and the fifth one was the marathon yeah 
and, and the, why third type, the third type of session was what I call like the finish, the start fast or the finish fast sessions. Okay. So either I start at a really fast, like a very fast pace that's way faster uh, than a marathon pace. It's probably closer to uh, 3K, 5K, 10K pace. So it's, again, if you're using Siler's three zone model, it's very much zone three and you're probably looking at 95%, 90, 95% heart rate for the whole time for sure. Okay. So it's extremely hard. And then I would do that into slow running. And then the other version would be I would finish fast. So I would do like run 15 kilometers at my zone one pace and I would finish at five kilometers faster than my marathon pace. Which one did you feel was harder? Starting out fast? Start fast was way harder. Really? Uh, I would think it would be the opposite. Like start slow and then go fast at the end. <laughs> I, I found I personally found the starting fast ones was uh, were much harder. Okay. Yeah. Especially the worst one I've done, which was here. I ran 5K in just over 20 minutes and then I immediately ran another 5k and the, the second 5k took me probably 33 minutes to do <laughs> just running it i was trying to run just a simple easy pace trying to get my heart rate down yeah. but it was oh, well over six kilometers per kilometer because i was roasted <laughs> <laughs> okay i can see that yeah so again only three types of sessions that's all i did okay mm-hmm. and i ran i tried to run for the most part i tried to run three times a week sometimes i didn't with scheduling and whatnot but for most of april most of me i did run three times a week and that was all i wanted to do all right, so now we've talked about the three types of sessions, and let's talk about more about the pace of those sessions. Yeah, so the the, the like the one of the one of the three sessions was like I said, I, and I only did it this way because I just didn't have a lot of time. So uh, I would run uh, my first time I ran this type of session uh, was I think I ran 15 kilometers, and my goal was to run 15 kilometers at my marathon goal pace. Once I'd started running. Uh, I knew I had to have a pace in mind. I knew I had to have a goal in mind for the marathon beyond um, beyond just doing it. That was my first goal back in February when I clicked register. <laughs> um, but I knew that I had to have a, a better goal than that. It couldn't be just run, just finish it. That wasn't going to work for me. So I picked the goal of trying to run the marathon faster than five minutes per kilometer. That's my goal. Why that though? What sparked that? Uh, just because it was a number. Okay. And it, it worked. It was similar to the pace I had run in 2018 for a half marathon. Okay. So I was like, maybe I can run five five minutes per kilometer. Um, yeah, and then that works out to um, that works out to just like just over three and a half hours. So then naturally, I'm like, I don't want to run just. I don't. I don't want to run over three and a half hours. So <laughs> let's run under three and a half hours. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my first run was my first uh, run of that type of session was uh, 15 kilometers at five, at just under 5K and I did it. And then probably two weeks later was when I did ran the half marathon distance. So 21.1 uh, and I ran that in just under like a 4.55 pace. And then I ran another one at 26 kilometers and then I ran another one at 30 kilometers. And then the last one was the marathon itself. Um, and like I was like, and I said the, the real beauty of it, right, is that like, um, compared to my my best marathon and my best half marathon time in 2018, which was just under 145, uh, in 2019 I ran a to- I've already run a total of uh, four half marathon distances. The fourth one uh, being included in the marathon itself, and every single one of them had gotten faster than the previous. So the half marathon distance I ran in the marathon itself in May was my fastest half marathon ever. Okay, and it was just over an hour 41. And it didn't seem hard. 
and that's like that's the beauty of uh, of the of the way the training layout worked is that it's so simple, mm-hmm. and like just listening to guys that are really experienced in coaching endurance athletes, um, and just actually following their directions because I'm not used to doing that because <laughs> I usually follow my directions. <laughs> I just go, hey, let's uh, let's listen. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna listen to what he says. So when during that marathon, that half marathon, I mean, running yeah. the 141, uh, did you? So the 141 was part of the marathon oh okay sorry that was during the marathon i'd set another half marathon best wow at the mid in during the marathon yes all right that's what i meant by the beauty of this of the simplicity of is that it kept everything kept working and kept getting better yeah i got you now yeah um so really those runs the ones i run at pace were just to give me confidence that i could uh, that i could do the pace the hardest run of the whole time besides the marathon was my last one was with 30 kilometers was a terrible day it was so crap outside it was raining and windy as well yeah and i was i was hurting bad (laughs) and i i wanted to quit so bad with even with five kilometers left i was just like this has got to end but the whole time doing it i'm going this is perfect this is the way it has to be it has to be this bad it has to make me want to quit uh and i have to make it through and i have to run the pace I, i can run because I know it's going to be worse when I do it in the marathon itself. Um, yeah, those runs were invaluable. And then the other runs with the slow ones, the Z1 runs, they were just literally just to accumulate work volume and keep yourself healthy, I think, like to make myself be capable of running the longer distances and just to overall improve efficiency, uh, improve, meta- like, what do you want to call it? R- improve your aerobic base, that's what you want to call it. You just really become way more efficient at running, like way more efficient by accumulating more steps. And the other ones with the like the faster pace ones are literally just toughening you up. That's the way I look at it. You yeah, you get practice running at faster paces, which can have some carryover to in terms of leg endurance at at those at your at your goal pace. But more than anything, I think the value is is that they hurt. Yeah, and they challenge you to quit. And that's I, I think that's the biggest value to me in them is yeah. that they made me want to quit, and I didn't. And that was the biggest upside to it. I think that's with coaching in general, though. You're always trying to ride that line of making them feel like it's impossible or they're going to quit. And then just realizing that, oh, I actually did do it and I survived. Yeah. Just make you better the next time. Um, And it's like it's something you and I talk about frequently. It's like what is the limiter with regards to endurance performance, right? What is it and where is it? And it's obviously different contexts and whatnot. But like if there had to be – if you had to pick one, it's your brain. Yeah. right your brain and your perception of what's happening is the limitation and that's the overriding one yeah. which has lots of inputs right physiological and psychological but it's your brain yeah um and just like the simplicity of it was that four kilometers felt like a decently long run <laughs> in the beginning of march and uh and then by the time i ran the marathon like a 30 kilometer run felt decently long yeah well, I remember you saying leading into it that you felt, you know, at first running 15 minutes was hard, then 30, then 90, but then after and, and a while. I, and I was referring to running 15 minutes at my slow pace. Yeah. And then after a while you were saying that it's like an hour goes by, you didn't even realize but it. But it's not physical, notice it. right? It's yeah. like, well, partially physical because you're getting a little, you'll be getting better. But if you were to measure, if you were to have physiological metrics, are you going to be able to, are you going to be able to say that physiologically you are a hundred and you are three times a good runner yeah in the span of three months or is it that you've got way better at task engagement and task disengagement yeah you got way better 
at staying focused on the task at hand relative to the task you're doing and that being running and while doing the marathon did you feel disconnected at any point towards the end yeah i think my my body felt disconnected (laughs) towards the end uh the marathon was 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 awesome i remember just like i was super nervous it's like all over competing in fitness again and i was i remember riding on the train the c train here in calgary public transit running riding down to the, the start gate and i got on the train at just after six o'clock and i was just sitting in the front and i was super nervous i was just like drinking gatorade <laughs> and because i'd had it all planned out with how many how many carbs i want to have in and when i want to finish my coffee how much liquid i was going to have because i and I knew what the aid stations were and whatnot. And so I was all planning that out and I was staying relaxed and whatnot. And I was just actually started chatting to guys in the train and um, we had a good conversation. We had just staying relaxed. And then I just got to the grounds and there was a lot of people there. <laughs> You're, I'm always surprised. I'm like, there's there so, many, so many, there's people. so many people running in this marathon. Holy crap. Um, I remember going to pick Kendra that morning and it was like the road was cut off. Yeah. And uh, there were so yeah, many just people. mobs. Running. It was crazy. Uh, and I remember I, I had a hoodie on and I'm going, man, it's cold. Should I wear a hoodie? And I remember everyone telling me, all my friends going, dude, you're not going to need a hoodie. Like as soon as you start, you're not going to even know gonna... what planet you're on. Just just like <laughs> just drop the hoodie and go. So anyway, I ended up losing my hoodie there because I took it off at the start line. I was going, there's no way. No way I get it. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a beautiful day. It wasn't too hot. It was like 10 degrees to start Celsius and then finished at probably around 16, 17 degrees Celsius. I remember uh, I remember actually one of the vivid, me- one vivid memory was like three kilometers in um, and the leaders were, over, I think we're, were just crossing the 5K mark. <laughs> so they were like two kilometers ahead. <laughs> all around there at, at when I was three kilometers in <laughs> like just around there just to give you an idea how fast these guys are running uh, anyway but I, and I remember uh, it just being like I was so focused uh, and I just gradually got more relaxed as I as I as I got closer and closer to knowing like I'm going to actually be able to do this mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to finish this and I was running at the pace I wanted to run at uh, I had all the all the numbers in my head of uh at the different distances like i knew what what time i wanted to be finished 5k 10 15 the half and then uh, once i once once i finished the half distance in, in that 141 time i knew i was going to do it i knew i was like i'm i'm going to break 330 because i know there's no i'm something bad's going to have to happen for me to run a 149 second half um and actually my my best running was probably from the 24th kilometer to like the 30th kilometer hmm. it felt so easy I felt like I was just gliding, and I actually had to slow myself down. I really? for, yeah, at points there. There's a, there's a couple kilometers in there where I ran uh, like four four thirty five four thirty for a few in a row, <laughs> and I had to I had to slow myself down because I go, this is don't do it, don't run faster because it's <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> and then uh, I had a bunch of like I had a couple a couple friends out to support me on the run. Like Alex and Meredith were actually on their bikes, and I think that was. If I remember correctly, it was probably just around the 10K mark, probably where I saw them, maybe a little bit longer, and they were on their bikes, so it's good, right? It's good to see see people and smile, and it just directly makes you feel better, reduces your RPE, and you just feel better. And uh, and then I saw them again. I believe I saw them again at like the 36K mark, and there was a group of people. It was Alex and Meredith, and then uh, Alex's mom and Alex's dad, and then a couple of other friends. And I think Alex actually ran with me for probably... 400 meters and it was 
it was like before that, probably a kilometer before I saw them. So I saw them around the 36 kilometer mark. About two or three kilometers before that is when the the, the wall started caving in. <laughs> yeah. And it went from going like, this is good, this is good, to I I'm like craving every single aid station as bad as you possibly can. Like I'm looking Just for looking anything. I'm looking for anything. <laughs> Like even at one eight station, I remember taking like uh, I, I I for some reason I just took the cold like this cold cloth and just like ran it on my head and squeezed it all over my head. Then I had water in my eyes and then it was it was a mess. Um, and then I was just drinking everything because I I felt really thirsty. And I, but what was happening? I was just slowly getting closer to cramping. Mm-hmm. Um, and every eight station, I would drink the electrolytes, I drink the carbs, and I and I drink water. Uh, it wasn't a lot. It was probably like a cup in total every eight stations for like every twenty minutes or so. It's not a lot. Um, so like again, around that thirty-two, thirty-three kilometer mark is where things started falling apart, uh, which is what I would have expected, honestly, given the training volume I did and given uh, given the, the training I had leading into it. That that seemed appropriate. That I should be blowing up at this point. I knew mm-hmm. I wasn't going to escape it. It wasn't going to be like, oh, look at me. I just lucked out and. The whole race was went exactly as I wanted, and it was super easy. Um, and it was like right after I finished running next to Alex, and I got away from them, that my my right calf started cramping, and then slowly after that, my left quad started cramping a bit, and then my right hamstring started cramping, <laughs> and then like as we got farther along, like thirty eight, thirty nine, my right hip started cramping, and my pace slowed dramatically. Um, like up to that 36k mark, I was probably on pace for a 325 or three uh, sub 325, and then I started losing like 15, 20 seconds per kilometer after that. Mm. And uh, and I remember the last the last two kilometers felt like I was felt like a half an hour. It felt like it took me a half an hour to finish because it felt so long. And I it was just like <laughs> I was like in that ultimate tunnel vision where just do not walk because yeah. I knew from pre- previous experience in training and just from watching others as well is that if I started walking it was all not over starting. it was all over like yeah. I, I just felt like I would have cramped immediately so I was like slapping my legs trying to like just <laughs> trying to just ch- like stimulate the nerves and like just like make them different just slap the muscle to try to stimulate it differently uh, and like doing some high knee runs and kicking my butt a bit just to just to allow the legs to do different motor patterns that wasn't working <laughs> and then of course perfectly like before that uh just before that two kilometer finish my my headphones turned off oh my wireless my wireless headphones right they just crapped out they're out of battery so it's just it was perfect right so i'm finishing the last two two and a half kilometers uh com- cramping in my entire lower body um and being like you're, you're just like when the expression is like you're hanging on like I was hang, I, I was at the, I was at my third stage of hanging on, and I still had 15 minutes left. Uh, but I, I, and it was good though, because I knew, I knew what my time was. Uh, my goal was to be a little bit ahead of my pace, and I was because I knew, I knew there, I knew I was going to lose time in the end in the last kilometers. So I budgeted my pace accordingly, and I knew I had time to give to still hit my goal. Um, and even in the last kilometer, I was getting close. I wanted to be able to pick it up, and there was no chance. I couldn't even force myself to pick it up. I yeah. couldn't. Um, there was nothing left. Like, I was just hanging on. And I wanted to stop and walk and lie down or something so bad. <laughs> but it was perfect. And then I finished. 
Um, and just and I just look back on it and I'm like, that is exactly the way I wanted it to be. I want it to be comp- so challenging because that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I didn't want to finish the race and go, I didn't try very hard. I finished the race and went, I think that's as good as I possibly could have done. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you like us, don't forget to leave us a review wherever you listen and tell some friends. This is how new people can find out about us. Make sure you follow the Instagram for updates on upcoming episodes at Spiral Out Podcast. We don't have any formal plans for topics that we're going to cover on this show, but if there's any topics that you guys want to hear more about or something that we haven't covered yet, make sure you send those questions to spiraloutpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us a message on Instagram. I can't promise that we will cover every topic, but we will definitely read all of the messages. And last but not least, for anyone looking for coaching, make sure you head over to OptimumPerformanceCalgary.com. I will include that link in the show notes. If you live here in Calgary, we offer personal training as well as individual design. For those that live far, we also have remote coaching available. If you're interested in attending a fitness camp or possibly hosting one at your facility, you can also find information about those there. We do not plan to cover any of the topics that are covered in the fitness camp to make sure that those stay unique. Thank you for listening. Until next time.